0: Welcome to Inspired Edinburgh, powerful conversations helping you reconnect with your purpose. I'm Elliot Reeves and my guest today is Kirk Pickstone. Kirk is an entrepreneur, speaker, business mentor, group leader at Four Networking and host of the Dougie Stone radio show and podcast. After discovering you were dyslexic at 44, your mission is to encourage more dyslexics to become entrepreneurs and change the way that dyslexia is perceived. Absolutely fantastic, Kirk. It's a pleasure to have you here. Welcome to the show.
1: Uh, to, to be honest with you, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. I mean, I've looked at a few of your shows and I've seen a few speakers and and to be sat in this chair <laughs> is absolutely wonderful. Wonderful. Brilliant.
0: Thank you so much. That's very, very humbling <laughs> and very kind of you no, to say. No, it is. Say. It's
1: good. I mean, it is. It's, I, I can't believe I'm here. You know what I mean, I couldn't <laughs> believe you said come up. I was like, whoa, whoa, wow.
0: That's, you know, it's what I want, but yeah, yeah. It's still it was like, he wants me to come up, that's oh, great. Oh, excellent, excellent. Well, I'm really looking forward uh, to getting to know you a bit better and hear about your, your story and, and, uh, and then sort of pry a little deeper, perhaps. We'll see how we do. Yeah. So um, it would be super if we could start by hearing about um, your background, you know, where you're from originally and I and to suppose to some extent your, um, your, your kind of education as well. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Well, it
1: depends how far you want to go back because i've been on this planet 51 years so there's quite a lot of kind of, okay there's quite a lot happened so i suppose you want from uh do you want from school or do you want i'm happy to let you decide okay then well i'll tell you what i'll do like a lot of people there's a couple of pe- things that i can remember and i still rem- and i didn't know at the time i was dyslexic but i remember being in the first year at school and speaking Used in English, you used to have to uh, sp- stand up and speak out loud. Mm-hmm. Don't know if they still do it now. but well, that's what used to do. Is, uh, and the book was water shipped Down. I still remember it now. And when it started getting to me, I'd start to clam up. My hands would sweat and get and feel physically sick. And that's because I'd be frantically reading the words on the page to try and assimilate them and make sure I was, you know, read them. So that's mm. way back, way back, way back when. That's mm-hmm. the eleven-year-old. Uh, I come from a normal working class background in Manchester, Salford, a uh, little place called Eccles, you might remember, know it, they make cakes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I think, like a lot of people, and you know, you come from that sort of background, I come from a working class background, you do a job, you, you know, you say, what well, you go out on the weekend, you go on holiday, all that sort of stuff. And uh, I fell into that, fell into that typical mould become a butcher because that was things something I was already doing when I was at school as a mm-hmm. butcher's boy <laughs> and it was logical it was easy to go into that and I enjoyed it uh, and then from there I did go to college and I, I'm a qualified butcher so that's quite an interesting one that's a, <laughs> that's a tick that was hard but I, that, I, I've got that as a tick <laughs> so uh, all my vegan friends don't particularly like that but there you go that's one of those things <laughs> um, Hey, it's life, isn't it? <laughs> and then from there, mid my, my career, I sort of ended up from a bit of chance, or a bit of luck, or whatever, I mean, however you want to say it. I ended up getting into um, supply chain and logistics. Okay. So, like, you know, everyone's sat home watching, they're probably getting a cup of coffee or whatever. That's come on a truck from a from a from a warehouse somewhere. I think, you know, and someone has had to work out how that's all going to happen. Well, that's mm. what we did. That's the sort of thing I did. I did that for quite uh quite a long time where but i really enjoyed doing that job and working in those environments and i was always sort of sort of got a hunger for learning things so whenever there was any training so do you want to go on this training yes i want to go on that training or i started off as an order picker so i assembled orders for people Mm -hmm. and then foreman's jobs came up I call them a foreman, so a supervisor but at the time it was called a foreman. Yeah. And this is quite a good one for, for people I think because I remember at the time, I think I was getting, it was the 1980s, I got another £5 a week to be a foreman and everyone said you're stupid, why are you doing that job, all that responsibility for £5 a week more. Not a lot of money is it? But I wasn't doing it for the money, I was doing it because there was a, I had a passion and a drive to go somewhere and be something and do something. Mm-hmm. so the five pound was irrelevant you know i mean it was just you know and then so what i did from there i did the stock control jobs or the foreman's jobs because my aim is i wanted to become a warehouse manager i wanted to run a, a warehouse that was to okay. me that was like pinnacle yeah and I surpassed that I surpassed that i ended up uh zoom f- years later i ended up being a senior leader within global businesses wow
0: you
1: know uh, global cement businesses where it's called Semex now. It was it was responsible for like fifty five percent of the UK cement deliveries. You know, on various platforms and various teams and teams. Um, so that. And and within that, I did something like a, an internal MBA, which scholars there their Semex program that's a twelve month program with, 110 hundred and ten, hundred and fifty uh, executives from all over the globe. You know, from Mexico, Spain, wherever you name it, we had all together. Mm-hmm. So this is sort of i'm educating myself within the business environment from for business purposes but and, and that role um i'd got to a, role, a position in that business where i couldn't i couldn't grow anymore because the opportunities above were very restrictive yeah. and that business was very restrictive because um the in the uk was we only did the stuff we did in the uk didn't do it anywhere else in the world so to grow i would got to the ceiling where i could grow in that business but I was still hungry, I still wanted to progress, I still wanted to go somewhere further as further, I want to push as far as I can. I always said i will push myself to the point where I feel like I've run out of uh, ability to do that role, yeah. or the business, or someone says you've, you've reached your limit, <laughs> I'll just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. Yeah, yeah. So I left that organisation and went working for another uh, global business, um, and th- this is where things start to change for me because I'd gone from where I found a true ability to motivate and develop a team of people constantly improve what we was doing that's what my job was really as a manager as a leader Mm -hmm. constantly reevaluate what we do constantly keep changing all the time to a business where I'd gone from that to sort of wanted that but didn't want that and I was doing a lot more report writing and a lot more uh, reports for the for the business this is what we're up to this month. this is what we've achieved etc a lot of written format which I'd not previously done mm-hmm. in my other roles not never really had to do much report writing It lot presentations and spreadsheets and graphs and facts and figures so this is where a, a, a lot of dyslexics there are a lot of older dyslexics experience what i experience where they get to the point where people start challenging them over their writing and how they're communicating. So mine was the wrong use of words like where instead of were and there instead of there. I still, I'm, I think I'm just about getting it now, I'm 51. I think I'm still just about getting with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was missing lines up on in lines of text in uh, emails and reports because although I'd read it back and the words, words would be missing, I'd read it back and the words, in my head, the worst words would be there. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. it's an interesting phenomenon. Yeah. and then if, and, and no, I was getting criticised. I was getting a lot of flack about it. I was getting uh, and there was other things going on within the organisation with with people. You know, everyone's when you're in a corporate environment, everyone's clambering for position, and mm-hmm. I'm a person that well. How can I help you? You know, and you know, let's be, let's be quite open. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really like that environment. Didn't really like how what was happening it was totally. The culture was totally against everything that I liked and I and I wanted to do. Um, and I sort of got really frustrated with this with this writing and this criticism. It was like, well, why can't I get it? Why can't I get it right? what well, what is it that's missing? Why can't I do it? You know. Mm-hmm. And a, a friend of mine or a friend of ours who's now a teacher. Uh, said, I think you should I think you should go and get tested for dyslexia so I thought at the time I was 44 I thought dyslexic I'm not dyslexic I've got to this point and in my career and I'm quite success, successful I, I can't be dyslexic I can read I can write and it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. so when I got tested and yeah I discovered I was dyslexic at 44 which was wow. a very really emotional experience coming out of the out of the centre when I've been tested mm-hmm. um, but it was like a, re- a relief rather than an upset it was like right that is why I am like I am
0: mm-hmm.
1: that is why I've done what I've done that's why I've struggled with certain things and that's why I've done particular thing it explained everything for the last 44 years before <laughs> um, so and then you want to talk about education so that's where all of me
0: that's where this
1: discovery happened yes so uh, and, and so
0: I was just going to say quickly there I mean how was it that you were able to go so long without it being recognized
1: well the thing is with dyslexics and, uh, and, and people within the rest of the spectrum because it's on a spectrum mm-hmm. is you naturally put cro- coping strategies in even subconsciously or knowingly put these coping strategies in to get over things um, so you're doing that throughout your life so you can imagine you've tried to cope with various things and you, you've... I just always looked at people and thought, I'm not as intelligent as you. Mm. I'm not as intelligent as that person. It's not... It's my ability, so, you know. But you, you just put coping strategies in to deal with things. Mm. And if you think a lot of my jobs as well up to that point, I didn't have to do a lot of writing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Or yeah. I didn't have to do a lot of yeah, butcher absolutely. shop. I didn't have to do much writing. I would have to do some signs on the windows and things like that. But they were things that you knew and you and you, you knew the words of and things like that and then yeah. in the other jobs I didn't really have to do a lot of writing um, so you just put you just cope with it I think you just put coping strategies in, in place really and, and, and carry on yeah so yeah so yeah so that's <laughs> brings us to a, a really good point where I discovered this was happening I'd got very depressed at work really 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 depressed because things were going on and this dyslexia and, and the, where I was being treated to the point where I mean we spoke about before with your mum and I got I got upset mm-hmm. my wife got upset, get, get upset yeah. sorry that's all right Um. you might have to cut that, <laughs> I have to cut that out I don't yeah so I got I got um, I'd got to this point where I couldn't carry on what? and I remember talking to my wife in the in the kitchen at home and say she said, it's all right, love. You only got to last another couple of years because we had plans to start a business. And I said, and I just broke down. I said, I can't last two weeks, Never mind two years. Mm-hmm. I cannot, I, I just can't I, can't, I can't, I can't face this anymore. I can't mm-hmm. do it. I didn't want to go out of the house. I didn't want to go to work. I said at that point, I would never ever work for anyone else again wow. in my life. And I won't, I will never work for anyone else again. Mm-hmm. Um, so at 44, um, Sam report my wife put some of her stuff on hold. Still carried on doing a studying, but went went to do contracting through a bit through our business. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a contracting role, and when she's still doing that now, and she's amazing for what she does for us. Um, so I actually quit my job. There was a potential coming up for redundancy, so I said I'm leaving. That's it. Give me a redundancy. I'm going. Uh, and then I started my business, which is Dougie Stone, and. Which, which was weird because I didn't think I'd want to do anything which, <laughs> but it's crazy and then um, I thought what am I going to do, what should I do, I, you know I need to, I, I want to I wanted to find a way or I wanted to stop people experiencing what I would experienced because there must be thousands mm-hmm. and I also want to stop people getting to that point in the first place to feel like I did at 44 or whatever, 30 whatever the age is mm-hmm. so this opportunity came up to go to a country University with some European funding and I thought I'll go and do it, it's a postgrad but they're never going to have me, they're hmm. never going to have me, I've got no formal qualifications, I've got loads of business qualifications, I've got like a, an internal MDA, I've got a CPC, I've got all these internal business qualifications but they had me, beyond me on my experience because it was a entrepreneur, an entrepreneur school Yeah. so they said we'll have you for a postgrad, not a problem. So he was doing the postgrad and then they decided after at the first the end of the first year they told us we're not going to graduate so it was like wow, "Well, what have we done wrong now we're going to turn into a master's degree <laughs> so i'm sitting there going scratching my head going i still scratch my head now i'm dyslexic i'm 44 and i'm going to do a master's degree in global entrepreneurship <laughs> how's this happening yeah i loved honestly i absolutely loved going to uni it was a um it wasn't a full time; it was a part time one. We'd go every couple of months for a few, three or four days, and then do our assignments, go back. It was—I just loved it absolutely. I was so hungry for it, even though I struggled, struggled with it, and I had to put myself in a, um, a quiet room to study and do my work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I absolutely loved it, and uh, yeah, and then I graduated in two thousand and twelve, which was—it's—it's, it's, yeah,
0: brilliant, crazy. Yeah. absolutely crazy. Yeah.
1: And it's just, it's just <laughs> never ever in my, if you'd have told me 10 years ago, you'd be doing what I'm doing now and, and I'd have got a master's, I'd have just I'd have laughed at someone, I'd have laughed at them, i yeah. said they were crazy.
0: <laughs> I, I hope this doesn't come off as being, um, you know, lacking empathy, because I don't want it to, but I mean, how, how is it that you'd be able to attain as many qualifications as you have? whilst having dyslexia you know how did you overcome that and um were there any I suppose like allowances made in order or any um aids to help you what a university at
1: uni yeah see that that is a really good misconception Mm -hmm. because there's a because the written word is in quite high regard. I mean, the written word, to be honest, is not really. It's quite a new phenomenon in the in the history of mankind. It's yeah. quite a new phenomenon, isn't it? <laughs> and I and I've said a few things like, you know, who were the who were the people way back when, back in back in ancient Rome or ancient Greece that were building these m- amazing buildings and the geometry and all the rest of it? And mm-hmm. as I guess, are probably dyslexic. I, I, you know, I I've, I've no proof because I can't. Do, <laughs> but I wish I could go back in time and see because they probably were. Right, so. <laughs> I might digress there, but I'm trying to make a point that there's no correlation, there's no relationship between d- intelligence and dyslexia, and in fact, uh, the majority of people when they get tested for dyslexia come either above average, you know, average or above average in yes. intelligence. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question about the about the stuff that I was doing at uni, my intelligence my intelligence is there. I might get some words mixed up, I might get some words wrong, mm-hmm. but the intelligence is in there so that I can actually. I used to struggle with getting things down that I wanted to put on paper or type out, but I've got better at it as time's gone on. But anyway, I can get the, I got the. I could get the gist of what I wanted to say or what I was doing from my thoughts and from what I'd researched and my experience, and what I what I did to help me along that with that I gave it to another person to proofread, so the person that proofread it wasn't changing it but they'd actually say that bit doesn't what was you trying to say on that bit there, it doesn't really make sense. I don't get it, because she didn't know the subject. So for her, it was yeah, great. Yeah. So that's that's I think that's I hope that answers the question. It does, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So spelling might not be brilliant and I use <laughs> and I use I use a system now that checks my grammar as I'm typing and checks me um spelling. Uh-huh. So my spelling, if I started writing things out now, my spelling would be atrocious and what have you, (laughs) I'd mess it up.
0: Well, I mean, I have to be honest, I didn't know an enormous amount. And I I don't know that many people know that much about dyslexia. um, Because it's not something that's probably discussed that much. And that's, I suppose, is why you're trying to now raise um, awareness of it, but also you know encouraging people who have it to go into entrepreneurship and I can now mm. un- having done a bit more research on it I can now understand why now I looked at the people who had some of the people in history who have had dyslexia and you have Albert Einstein yeah Leonardo da Vinci yeah. Alexander Graham Bell Thomas Edison, Walt Disney, Winston Churchill, Richard Branson, just absolutely like some of the greatest minds of all time. And I use
1: some of them when I do some of my speaking because I give them as as examples that you know these are all very highly respected people in their particular fields. You've got people like Jennifer Aniston who's just come out, I call it the dyslexic closet, she's just come out of the dyslexic (laughs) closet, you know. (laughs) um, It's the new closet to come out of, the other ones are (laughs) all done and dusted now, it's not a problem. So, <laughs> that's right, though, isn't it? Eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, so, but yeah, it's, it's, but I, and all people always say Richard Branson. I go, oh, yeah, Richard Branson. Everyone knows Richard Branson, but it's great that they know him, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, there's some phenomenal, phenomenal people. Uh-huh. Because the, when I, I did my research, and I know from my own part of view, you can knock me down and I'll get back up. and You can knock me down and I'll get back up. We're resilient. And, mm if you've got confidence and you've got a mentor or you've got someone helping your minds you know waiting for me downstairs so <laughs> you've got that person that's that's giving you the, giving you the support it's great
0: yeah but yeah some really yeah. good really key people but, but I mean to, to the extent that I mean I actually just purely out of curiosity I googled what are the advantages of being dyslexic and there actually are it lists things that um, dyslexic people have advantages yeah um over you know normal people what yeah. and this is the whole the whole issue again it's like what what is normal based on what metrics no,
1: <laughs> nothing i mean I, I went to a neuro uh neurodiversity yeah, uh, exactly. seminar the yeah. other day <laughs> and we're all ne- everybody we're all neurodiverse yes. all of us aren't we uh-huh. all of us because we're all different no one's not one's the same you have two fingerprints on a piece of paper, they're all different. Mm-hmm. So is everybody else, everyone's brains different. Yeah. But the, adva- the advantages, and this is what tends to happen with a lot of things, is we all everyone looks at the negativity what's the negative the negative or you can't read you can't spell you can't tie your shoelaces you don't know left from right because there's some of the negativities from dyslexia Mm -hmm. you 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 double book yourself on on dates you don't know you know you mess things up I say the wrong words all the time my wife Sandra started posting things on Facebook stuff my husband says I mean (laughs) you know what I mean because I come out and she just laugh her head off but I'm not trying to be funny I'm not doing it deliberately. And that's where people can be misunderstood.
0: Mis- yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah. everyone's looking at the negative. Let's look at the yes, positive. Absolutely. Let's look at the
0: positive things. Yes. And, and l- l- what I've found about it is that people um, tend to be far more right brain dominant. So they're good at problem solving, mm-hmm. they're highly creative, they have an inclination to think outside the box. Yep. And alarmingly, about one in five people suffer from dyslexia. And about, well, I, I think it's about 30% of entrepreneurs. Correct. So, and and this is, I suppose, why is it you want to see more dyslexic people go into entrepreneurship as opposed to pursuing a conventional career, shall we say?
1: What, why, why I do? Yes. Yeah, because it's perfect and that's why re- my dissertation was, are dyslexics predisposed entrepreneurs? <laughs> Don't ask me to spell it. I've spelled it <laughs> hundreds of times and I still get it wrong. Um, but, and that's what was a really, what got me looking at it was, I'd gone to, I went to university and I was, what am I going to do? I really want to do something about dyslexia. Mm-hmm. And then I started looking at some figures and in my cohorts, group of cohorts, there was nine of us on this course, all doing different things, but all the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's about 60% of them were dyslexic. It was like six, five or six out of the nine people were dyslexic. Wow. Some of the tutors were dyslexic and some of the people I was like, this is. So when I started looking at the stats for the university to the campus it was the one in you know the 10 to 15 percent for the because when you go to university or college you are tick have you got disability yes i'm dyslexic tick mm-hmm. but then when i looked at the camp the entrepreneurial school it was 20 to 20 odd to 30 it was like mind blowing mm-hmm. you know the difference mm-hmm. um so that's where i started looking at why you know this phenomena why they, they gravitate towards it and when I do any speaking in, in some of the 4N things I do and some of the business connotations, it's amazing when you start talking and I do my talk on it, the amount of people in the room that will go, I'm dyslexic, my son's dyslexic, or, and it just like, it, it just <laughs> gets, sets, it sets you going. So, the, but the, the reason I want people to become entrepreneurs is because all the negative things that they're not good at, mm-hmm. let's say, mm-hmm. is your corporate. Normally, a corporate type business, traditional business thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you yeah. look at all the negativity, don't we don't like structure, so that's why. If you did some did some more stats, there's only three three to four percent of CEOs of large corporations are dyslexic. I didn't know that. Because there's a couple of reasons, I believe. Well, there is. One is companies put uh, tests in to recruit and retain and, and promote the best people. And those tests that they put in stop dyslexics getting passed because they're very traditional testing oh. and the second thing is we don't like the control and structure because i want to do things i want to do mm-hmm. but you put me in this job where it's all bureaucracy and red tape and and it's frustrating so dyslexics either don't want to get up you know or they can't get up um, but they because of the 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 traits and the typography of a dyslexic are very similar to a, on entrepreneurs and non-dyslexic the traits and typography are very similar mm-hmm. the problem-solving skills etc that you've been talking about yeah so it makes them perfect to become business owners and to and to do something for themselves because they can do it their way they will i will look at things and how. one of the advantages of being dyslexic and that's why they make good entrepreneurs is you make links to things that people don't make because the information we work with our active working memory, but like mm-hmm. a computer having all your stuff on the desktop. So um, everything's available to us. And I said it to someone that I am talking to in Holland that I almost call it like Google, it's like a Google brain. Put a search in and you get if you put just random search in Google, you mm-hmm. get a lot of information, wouldn't you? Yeah. That's what it's like. So you put a search in about something and and this information comes to you. So the classic one that I always use is people like is someone like Steve Jobs. So if you look at what Steve Jobs did with the innovation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's not been much innovation since his past has there? No. No. But the iPod, iTunes, all those mind-blowing technologies that he developed mm-hmm. I believe come from his dyslexic mind and his way of looking at the world and making links, you know. Why do we have a phone and a computer, why don't we put a phone and a computer together actually, why don't you be online all the time? Because hmm. ten, ten and so years ago he wasn't online all the time
0: was we? That's right. Yeah. so the,
1: the 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 predisposed to be entrepreneurs, not everyone will be an entrepreneur, not everyone will fit in not, I'm not saying every dyslexic will be a business owner mm-hmm. that'd be bonkers, <laughs> but there's more of them should be
0: yeah definitely yeah definitely yeah so how how would you like um dyslexia to be perceived by people? I mean I know that it's it's i mean i think it's it's referred to as a disability yeah. right I mean that seems. A little bit um, ludicrous slash out there. (laughs) So how would you like it to be? Yeah, I I would not like it to be. I've
1: got to be not. I won't be careful because I've got my own thoughts, and I think things need to change. When you it comes under the Disability Work Act two thousand and ten, I get it. I understand that. Because people need to be protected, mm-hmm. so you can't abuse people or you can't whatever you know people. Need. So I sort of get the rationale behind that because if someone's a dyslexic at work and then they get mistreated and they're not given the right tools or you know systems, yes. then that's wrong. But as soon as you say label something a dis- disability, you're saying to the individual. Mm-hmm. So if I said to you you're disabled, you've got a dis- you're a well, classing you as a being disabled you think i'm disabled i've got something wrong with me Mm -hmm. so the person next to you goes oh he's disabled (laughs) something wrong with him it's got got a negative connotation and it also comes under um, learning difficulties on the spectrum of learning difficulties so straight away you've got two very negative phrases learning difficulty and disability i don't think it should be classed as that Mm -hmm. yeah because I I personally think it's an advantage and a lot of people will be watching this They have kids that have got and go no it's not it's you know my child's not coping it's this that and the other we just don't fit into the system yeah Mm -hmm. there's a system here that we want to push you all in yeah this box that you go into for 10 years and because because 90% of you 80% of you Mm -hmm. can cope with it that's how we're going to do it. (laughs) and the way i like to refer to it sometimes to people is we don't look at little johnny playing the piano in music and go oh he can't play the piano as good as lucy do you know what he's got a music dif he's music disabled (laughs) isn't he's he got a music disability how can we Uh, get johnny playing the piano as uh, good as lucy but lucy might be a natural piano do you know what i mean yeah absolutely so why do we put why do we put this massive thing on reading and writing, because that's, that's what we're breaking it down to, we're breaking it down to, a, a, and some communication yeah. now, yeah, but <laughs> fundamentally we're breaking it down to reading and writing uh-huh. that I've got disability. It, it's just nuts. Yeah. But then put, then go to NASA or wherever that they've got a lot of autistic people and dyslexics working on all these problem solving.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, it doesn't, doesn't add up, does it? It doesn't, doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. so yeah so we've generated that anyway that's
0: i <laughs> could go on and on and on no i think it's a a, a a completely warranted rant and i mean you know albert einstein himself um said um, i'll probably kind of paraphrase this but everyone is a genius but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree then it'll live its life thinking that it's stupid yeah <laughs> yeah and and, it, and, it, and
1: you, you you would and it saddens and sickens me when i it really really upsets me when i read People, I hear people say, um, "I just found out my son's dyslexic, or my daughter's dyslexic, like the like the world's ended." <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And it's like, no, it's don't think of it like that. Don't think of it like that. What I want people, to, what I want people to do is, we've got this system, and I and I sort of agree with it. We've got this system of ability and, um, and all the rest of it, reading, writing. You need to be able to read and write as much as you can mm-hmm. to make your way around the world, don't you? Or, you know make sense of things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So and what I say is get people, get your child to a level where they can get to and then find out there'll be something that child is really into, whether it's music, whether it's sports, whether it's whatever, into, wh- whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Now that be their path, that could be their pathway to what they want to do and what they want to be when they get old.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: you ask a lot of kids when they're a certain age, there'll be quite a few who'll end up doing the
0: thing that they wanted to do when they were younger. Mm-hmm. But I, su- I suppose nowadays as well, there's uh, so many opportunities for people to do things that don't require them to just, you know, read and write. In yeah. terms of creative abilities, you now have a, 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 a I, be- I do believe that there's an increasing um, amount of people that are exploring entrepreneurship or doing their own thing um, as an option.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and there's, there's, well, there's, 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 the world is moving away, f- moving more into video and, and, and we're communicating video. Exactly. You know, Facebook's going to be mm-hmm. virtually all video in the next 12, 18 months. Mm-hmm. So this, the, the written language and everything. So if you've got, I know what a lot of um, dyslexics have, one of the benefits is they're good at speaking. Mm-hmm. They can, once they, once they realise they can get the confidence and they can be confident, they can be very confident. Yeah. I never used to be really confident. Now i'm quite I'm quite comfortable with things, so there's an opportunity for people to do and it's just finding that opportunity yeah. and at the end of the day, we're not you should be here and be happy in what you're doing, shouldn't you? So why try and fit someone into a job or an existence where they're not going to be able we're not going to reach the true potential yeah
0: yeah
1: yes yeah,
0: yeah. i think I think the work you're doing is absolutely fantastic thank you. Brilliant. And um, now that I suppose I'm a bit more educated about it, I now see it entirely different and it's kind of a change of paradigm in the way that I see it. And You know, I don't think it's a a disability at all.
1: No, I I don't think it is, and that's the whole purpose of what I'm trying to achieve and with my, with my radio show, my podcast, mm-hmm. it's to try and not just promote or encourage dyslexics but to, for, to get to a wider audience. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm a radio show. I don't just talk about dyslexia because the only people that listen to it or tune in would be dyslexics. <laughs> so bring adversity into it and business mm-hmm. because they're all the things that I'm interested in anyway and it brings a wider audience more and then more people go oh well that shows about dyslexia that was interesting
0: yeah. Does that makes sense so yeah, it's,
1: yeah. that's that's the re- reason so no, it's not it's, yeah
0: yeah no that was a really nice segue into talking about your podcast because that's oh, what cool. I was now going to uh, move on to yeah right I think you kind of ticked those boxes as well um I don't want to talk about it yeah yeah absolutely yeah I I was going to speak to you I suppose in um more broad terms about podcasting insofar as you know what sort of podcasts do you tend to listen to who are some of your maybe influences if if it's something that you are interested in and what are the sorts of things that you explore on your your podcast
1: well I'll just go back slightly because there's a whole rationale, be reason why I did the why I did the podcast. Perfect. <laughs> Not just for the mess. Well, it was for the reasons for the message. But I'm sat there, going, I need to get this message out. I can do some public speaking. I can do this, right? I, I could do. I tell you what, I could do with getting on some radio shows. I could do with being video interview I could do whatever. So I'm knocking on doors, banging, ringing people up, and struggling to. Because unless they want you, they don't want you, do they? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's loads of people ringing the BBC every day and they try to get on the show. Yeah. So I was getting a bit frustrated with this. So I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a dyslexic. So I go, do you know what? If I can't be on someone else's show, I'll create me own. <laughs> so that's what I did, created me own, went on to a social, radio, a social network, Radio Warwickshire. So I thought, well, this is great, but if people listen, come in once a week, on a Tuesday night, listen to me, great. But if they don't or they can't make it how are they going to hear it and it's always you know what i mean so that then i just i just use the, the content and put it into a podcast which is listen which is great and um so that that's the rationale behind the podcast that's yeah. how it was born um and some of the people i listen to um this is where my dyslexia kicks in there's a guy that i listen to mark askwith which uh, i can't think of his podcast right now excellence expected brilliant guy there's a couple of people like that i listen to Mm -hmm. but my introduction to podcasting was two american guys and i'll try and think of what it's got their podcast is called ear biscuits okay listen to it and what they do is they interview their really famous youtubers so they interview other famous youtubers what's your story where have you come from how did it begin mm-hmm. and they've virtually all got the same story it's for one of you know <laughs> they've all started off do, anyway so there and anything business related and you, I'll listen to yeah. do you know what I mean I'll listen to a few things and comedy like Ricky Gervais and people like that you know I've all I've got a broad to and it tends to be if yeah. I'm in the car I'll listen to podcasts
0: yeah 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 I think that's a good good place to listen to them yeah it is and
1: that's what I found as a few people said oh it's great your podcast because I commute to work because uh, found someone who's in Canada that we know and he's like I listen to your podcasts all the time because really? it's just the ideal commute 30 minutes for me to listen to your podcast yeah. on the way to work
0: that's brilliant isn't it it's great yeah it's fun because <laughs> and it's had a, a really really good uptake since you started it
1: yeah I've got listeners in uh, UK obviously USA Canada um, France uh holland because he interviewed someone in holland ireland cyprus and it's like it's amazing yeah it's it's really interesting and i mean i mean you know it's it's still growing it's still growing and but i can't believe it can't believe where it's i've added barbados to it but i do know it was someone who i know was on holiday but i'm still adding it because (laughs) i never i'd say never let the truth get in the way of a good story so i've got barbados (laughs) on my list as well
0: Fantastic, fantastic How did you get involved with, for networking?
1: Oh, that was interesting. <laughs> and this is the, the old thing about net. This is the thing about networking and what have you. I I was working, so going back a bit back. So Sandra's gone working. I said, I'll never want to work again. I'm mm. never going to have a job. I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> so I was on gardening leave for three months. Sorry, I'm rewinding back, but it's important. I was rewinding, at re, I'm rewinding now. So I was, I was at home, um, <laughs> On gardening leave for three months. I was going to start university and everything, and the, I got a phone call saying, Have "You, you finished. You finished your job. You've rolled. Yeah. Are you available? Yeah. So the day after the, the Monday after the Friday when my gardening leave finished, I started my first contract. So I, I was working from. I never stopped working. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But working for me. So to the point where I knew. I mean, I've been to a few places, and they've said something or this, that, and the other. And I say, I don't want to get into the politics. I'm not here to get into the politics. I'm here to do a job. I'm here to change things, and I'm out. And do you know what? I'll do what I, I'll do and say what I need to say. And the only person that can sack me is like twenty or thirty miles away. Because <laughs> if I don't like it, I'll just go. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And yeah. that's a, anyway. <laughs> I digress. I forget what I was up to then. What was the question?
0: <laughs> for networking. Oh
1: yeah, for networking. <laughs> so, and, so I've had got, got this contract, and I end up with where. Uh, in between i end up working on my own a lot at home doing a lot of analytical work so i'm spending like four or five days a week on my own at home mm-hmm. which sounds great but it's not great is it because <laughs> sandra's working away in holland or cambridge or wherever she's doing a contract three four five days a week and i was getting me really i was really fed up with this so this is not, I'm not the only thing i'm speaking to is a is a, a six-year-old jack russell you know what I mean? it's no good is it so um Guy that does me, does our pensions and what have you, should go networking. So I ended up going networking, it wasn't, for, for, wasn't 4N to get out of the house. Right, okay. So you can meet every fortnight, have breakfast with 15 people, it's great. So, oh, that's good. It's a social activity. Mm. I'm missing it. So, so I didn't want to go to the pub. To, you know? What I mean? yes. So I started going to that, and then a guy that I know, Todd, has become a really good friend. Uh, does a lot of social media, social media, Todd. Is that the spaghetti? Spaghetti yeah, agency? Yeah, as yeah. a plug for him, mate. Eh? Gets, a, gets. A, <laughs> he's how could he even be here with me now? He gets everywhere. So he come along, and he he said you should come to Four Networking. It's like Four Networking, yeah. Come to Four Networking, it's great. So I went and I joined, and I never went back to the other one. Even though I was a paid member, I just walked in. So I've got into it, it was like I belong here <laughs> and hence how I'm dressed now yeah. has come from that as well. Really? Um, yeah so that's how I ended up with 4N so I started I was a member then after a couple of months an opportunity came up where I was networking the group leaders stood down we're all volunteers none of us are getting paid we do it because we want to do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I took the group leaders role on and been doing that for about 12-18 months. That's awesome. now I'm an area leader which is you know a bit but okay yeah it's, right. it's good it's uh... so but <laughs> from going just to get out of the house yeah. it's just like totally transformed everything I do my business me me opportunities you know yeah. what I mean I wouldn't be doing the stuff I'm doing now if it wasn't I wouldn't have had a radio show <laughs> I wouldn't have been doing the public speaking I'm doing I wouldn't met the people I've done yeah. it's
0: just yeah. yeah I was going to say in, in what way do you feel is, it's benefited you yeah
1: Well, I've learned a lot. I already knew a lot. Mm Does that make sense? I already Mm -hmm. knew a lot, but I think I was just missing that platform, that place to be. Um, And for me, I could probably go anywhere in the UK and go into a meeting and someone will probably know me in the room. (laughs) And that's just really strange to think that, that I can go and people know who I am. So yeah it's given me a lot of confidence it's given me a platform i've got great friends if i've any you know we, and business uh
0: yeah it's it's
1: well worth it it's been well That's worth brilliant. it and it's more than just getting business
0: yeah more than just getting business excellent brad will be happy with your uh your, your selling Ah oh, you know? well yeah <laughs> but i do i love it i even i'd
1: go even do you know what I mean even if something else happened i'd still go to the phone i'd still go yeah
0: because
1: it's i was down in Q, because we've got a design business, so I was down in Q last year, um, on my own, in the caravan, put, posted a picture on, guy that I'd only met once, Cross Crosley. I don't know if you've heard of him, I, check I him know, out, yeah, yeah. if you've not, where are you, that looks familiar, are you there now, yeah, met him once, I've met him once, <laughs> um, why don't you come round for dinner? So I go round for dinner, and I'm sat there eating my dinner, and I'm saying this is nuts, have I ever met you once? How can I be in your your house having a family cup meal Uh and a natter, and I feel like I've known you for years? And what it does, what it gives you, is that um, trust. Because if someone trusts you, then you know what I mean. Like, so if say, for example, he knew Brad, and Brad knew very well. Well, Brad trusted me, and so fair enough you must be a good guy because Brad thinks you're okay off
0: you know what I mean <laughs> yeah absolutely so yeah, it gives yeah, you that do, social
1: yeah. there's a social trust with it yes. with, the, with the network
0: yep. it, it, it's really good yeah yeah So it's sort of an endorsement for you isn't it yeah,
1: yeah. and also you know that it, I think also trust is really good because it stops it, it, you can cut to the chase with a lot of things can't you uh, I like Stephen Covey Stephen Covey has another good podcast that, well it's not podcast but an audio book. Mm-hmm. and his son does a thing a talks about the speed of trust how the speed of trust, if you've got trust, can reduce cost and increase speed. And if you've got no trust, it puts up cost hmm. and reduce slows things down. Great example is nine eleven. Since nine eleven, what's gone on? The speed of trust. Trust has gone down. Yeah. Cost of flights go up. It puts lots of infrastructure in. So get on a flight has increased and time did it So the speed of the trust has gone down. Mm. So the cost goes up and the time goes up. Yeah yeah so it's all that so yeah it's more more than just putting a bit of cash in your bank it's it's everything it's a sense of belonging it's
0: yeah it's it's good really good fantastic that's great okay so it's uh probably a good good time for us to maybe try and go a little uh deeper Kirk, oh dear and uh, get to see who the the real you is um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> well, the first thing that I'd probably like to start on, actually, is that you you spoke about um, wanting to really advance your career and, you know, your, your ambition yeah. really kind of came across there. And it was almost like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Peter Principle, which essentially is like everyone will work to up to a point of where they're reaching competence. But you obviously got, you know, in, in certainly in a corporate sense, you were able to get pretty high. But where do you think that your your drive and ambition came from? Well, that's a good one. I, th- I think, I think the, the I think the dyslexia
1: one, the dyslexia thing in my head, is mm-hmm. is proving that I'm good. And I always wanted to prove to my parents that I was go- I was good. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I was yeah. always looking for. So I was looking for their reassurance and their, um, what's the word? Validation.
0: Their, their pride, their pride. Their pride,
1: yeah. Because I mean, my dad, I mean, I'm not. there's nothing wrong with my dad, but he's not very open with his emotions, right? Okay. I mean, he probably watched this. <laughs> yeah, he's not very emotional. So I think it's seeking that.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, the show is very much a way of encouraging people to um, connect at a deeper level with their passions and their purpose. What do you feel is your purpose?
1: Doing what I'm doing. And, and it comes from, and, and it's another one of those points that I, I, uh, a lady I know called Caroline Woodward said to me in 2015, she said, I've, I've met loads of people, Kirk, and I've never felt the need to ask anybody this in 17 years of networking. Why was you put on this planet? And I got really, I got really emotional, oh. I don't know why, it was like someone had opened a trap door and I went, because I made you change things. I love it. And she went, yes I think you are. And so my, pur- my purpose on this planet is to do what I'm doing and nothing's going to stop me. I don't care who comes at me and says me, you know, nothing's going to stop me from it, nothing.
0: That's amazing, that's amazing, that's so inspirational, I love that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, what uh, you know? <laughs> what would you like your legacy to be? Oh, my legacy—that's interesting. I think
1: uh, I don't know really. <laughs> I, I think this—I don't know because this might sound really, and not anal, This might sound really bad, but the, every 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 group, every minority, every group needs a voice, don't they? And there's lots and lots of people around the place talking about dyslexia, this, that, and the other, what have you. But I want to be the person that people turn and say, that's what changed dyslexia. He changed, that's what I'd like it to be.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. yeah
1: and that's not me being, uh, I don't know, I don't know what the word is. I don't, I'm not trying to be big-headed, I'm not trying to be... Does that, does that make sense? It does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I truly believe that. Truly believe that's that's it. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. But it's, it's it's actually the way that I see that is it's a shame that you have to qualify it by saying I'm not trying to be big-headed. You should be able to say that without fear of yeah. people. Um, judging you or thinking that you're being big headed if know, that y- makes y- sense y- you look at you
1: look at people like Gandhi as an, in, as an individual and what you know is oppressed and all the rest of it and he's the voice of 1.3 billion people or whatever it is mm. you know it's like mm-hmm. wow nothing would have stopped him would they nothing no. nothing would have stopped him on his passion you know his no. passion
0: exactly <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your your personal values
1: oh trust yeah
0: (laughs) I knew that was coming (laughs) (laughs) well it is I think it's
1: any relationship once the trust has gone yeah the relationship's dead forget it trust yeah trust 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 and I've, I've, I've got very traditional values it's trust and hard work and and helping people and doing things for other people do you know what i mean yes yeah. you know be open you know and that and that's where i get really upset or really annoyed or take it very personally if someone abuses that trust and takes something and doesn't you know what i mean yes. i'm not saying take something and don't give back i'm not doing it to give something back but when someone takes that tr- someone takes that trust then they've actually took something away from you because you've you've Stood there, open, almost open arms, and it's like they've, like they've stabbed you in the in the, in the heart. Really. You know? Yeah. So know it's getting a bit
0: deep. A, that is a deep. I li- uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's deep. I like that. It's good. It shows the real you. <laughs> it's what people want to see. People want to hear about. How would you describe your life philosophy? Oh, I don't. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm or your sure. or your world
1: view. I don't know what you mean. What, what do you mean by world view? What
0: what I'm thinking of the world on me. Yeah, yeah. So what, what do I mean by your life philosophy? I mean, do you have a a general kind of um, like a mantra or an ethos or a way of approaching life in general, or do you see the world in a certain way?
1: I, I try and see the world as the say the, posi- the positive, you know, mm-hmm. like the half full, half empty, and everything. Well, the glass can be refilled for a start, but <laughs> it's half. It's it's always half full, not half empty. Uh-huh. And I think what we need. What's what's happening? In the minute I mean, social. Media, I'm really into social media. Really like social media. It's got really positive, positive things because we can link and we do. We can get our message out. But mm-hmm. it's got very negative things. Lots of propaganda. Lots of hate. There's you've only got to put it on. There's hatred all the time. Mm-hmm. And far too many people are looking for hate and anger. Mm-hmm. All the negative, negative things. Yeah. People need to step step back and start saying. I can't affect that. What's going on, or whatever the thing is, and how can I help? How can I affect my world around me? How can I affect that person that's next to me, or that person, or that person? Mm. And guess what? If everyone did that, what would happen? It'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? It'd be a nice place <laughs> to live, wouldn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah.
1: So that's my life. I'm sorry, I didn't really understand what you meant by that. Yeah, no,
0: no. It's a, it's an excellent answer. I'm glad I asked you that question. Actually, it's really, really good. Really good. How do you define success?
1: Mm, well, yeah, I suppose up to a point, it was probably uh, a big bank account, flash car and, a, and you know, a boat somewhere. <laughs> but I think uh, being happy in what you're doing, really. I think we need money. we all, everyone says, we're all, pro. our programme, we're all obsessed with this, these images, these icons, aren't we, mm-hmm. of these global successful people, of Richard Branson and all the rest of it, that I th- my success is being able to, you know, be happy, be safe, and, you know, have nice food, like a nice, you know I mean, for me that's like success, you know, success for me is yeah. fine, uh, and, the, and the connotation of what I'm trying to achieve, well, you know what success is from that, that's quite big... Um, but from a day to day point of view I'm quite happy to live anywhere as long as I've got the person next to me I want next to me and uh, I can afford to eat and you know what I mean? Yeah. Just the basics really. Yes. I think for me the simple things if you can enjoy, it's time is it? The only thing we've we've all, we've, we, we can't replace is time. So yeah. for me it's the, the, that time, that time element, What how I can enjoy that time how much time Totally. Use of the use of the time, yeah. So that's yeah. success, and and any financial reward you get for it affords you to, hopefully huh. afford you to do that. Yeah. So that's su- I think that's
0: success. Yeah, I mean, there's majorly too much of an emphasis on um, trying to attain money, and you know, huge house. I mean, Brad's um, ten bedroom Brad's house, gone. and
1: three of them won't go in. Exactly. A, yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Not that no, I'm not. that I've not watched any of his stuff. <laughs> well, it's a it's a prime example. It is, you know, you you, you don't yeah, need yeah. that stuff to be happy. Yeah,
1: it's nice. To, don't get me wrong, it's nice. I, you know, it's. Um, I mean, we're really quite comfortable, not extravagant. I'm, you know, not to or anything. But um, yeah, he's. There's there's a certain point where, uh, you know what, what's doesn't affect you, does it? Do you know what i mean doesn't, he doesn't yes. and money's not a motivator i've I learned that when i was in corporate well money's not a motivator mm. you've got someone in a, in a in a role who's doing a job say on say 25 30 grand a year whatever it is and they hate this job it's crap and, and the boss comes in and goes "We're we'll give you a 10 grand pay rise they go whoa and for a split second or about three days they're happier then this job's crap do you know what i mean yeah it doesn't it's just it doesn't you know what i mean it doesn't motivate Money's an enabler, it enables you to do things, it enables you to be happy, it enables you to go and do things, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's enabled me to drive up here, <laughs> you know, and stay up and come and come and see you, hasn't it? Yeah, you
0: know? yeah, yeah. That's true, that's true. Who or what inspires you?
1: And I sort of thought you were gonna ask me this question. <laughs> um, and the inspiration, I get inspiration from lots of places. You know there's, there's a couple of key ones that I'm gonna, I would say one you Brad. Brad's <laughs> an inspiration. He is, isn't he? He's got to be. Uh, there's another guy I met this year, Jamie Denyer, brilliant guy. Check him out, Cross Crosley. So they're the people up there that I, I look to and they're not you know not ridiculous, famous. but the people that inspire me. And i thought about this because i thought you were going to ask me the question i was i was doing video for a disability there we go there's that word again disability awareness thing and there's various people in this room and they all video i was actually helping doing the video and i was video as well and there was a girl there she was 19 in a wheelchair and a and a hunger for life and joy and she goes nightclubbing. she's at university she gets about she's like that's that's what inspires me mm-hmm. ordinary people who take what they've been given and even if it's a bad deck mm-hmm. they make it the best hand they
0: can that's it's amazing effects yeah perfect love it <laughs> super inspiring what's the best piece of advice you've ever received i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know really
1: <laughs> don't do that uh, <laughs> and i did it <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, mean? I don't i don't know i don't i don't know really it's I hard to think of one hard to think of one really i don't know i don't think apart from the f- couple of jokey ones but <laughs> don't eat yellow snow
0: uh, <laughs> yeah that is good advice yes <laughs> i'm not sure really i'm not sure
1: I can't, I can't i can't think of that one i should have had one for that should i because that's
0: i thought yeah I don't know
1: not sure not sure okay not sure
0: that's all right that's all right what um would you say are some of your life goals at the moment What are the things that are on your your immediate plate and what are some of the longer terms
1: oh that's a good one that actually because there's quite a few as you can
0: imagine
1: <laughs> um well you know what i'm trying to achieve so I've, we've gone over we've gone over that and what i'm what ultimately what i'm trying to do is change people get to you know, change the perceptions and, and encourage people. Uh, one of my goals is to in, increase my business from that part of you and and what have you, and um, build and release Sandra from doing what she's doing, and she'll work in the, do work in the studio. So that's some of the some of the some of the goals to to achieve. Uh, I'm looking. What I want to do is start bringing families together. Um, Cause I believe we need to look at people at a school age. I can, I'm working with people at an older age but at school age. so try and build up a want of a word a network. so start with groups. and I'm in discussions with someone at the minute. So ultimately, round the UK, I'd like to see groups of people meeting who are going to help each other and and, and, have, and ultimately get dyslexics people mm-hmm. to help and encourage those dyslexics because I'm mm-hmm. only one person. Yeah. I can't be all over the place can I? No. So I realise that long term, gonna need to find a way of getting other people to do something similar I'm trying to achieve, or try I'm trying to do, who've got some sort of background or, you know, they need to be dyslexic for a start, don't they really? <laughs> yes. Um, and build that framework up around where, where we encourage people and change things. And I wanna, ultimately, I want to do something within schools a bit like Jamie uh, Oliver's done, another dyslexic for you. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and um, guy who did Saturday Kitchen, Richard Martin, is it? He's dyslexic as well. Is it Richard Martin? James Martin. James Martin. See, that's what that's one of my biggest problems being dyslexic. His names. Oh, okay. He's put his name. Remembering names uh, frustrates me. So they're dyslexic as well. So do something like Jamie's done in in schools and change the, th- you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. people are eat- what kids are eating actually what keep kids. Uh, eating into their head yeah, let's, yeah Can we change that let's let's change it and,
0: and, how and that'll you, be tough
1: that'll be tough because there'll be a lot of backlash from from the education there'll be a big backlash from that so there's got to be a way of doing it where they accept accept it as well so work from outside and then try and work inside
0: and so i mean what kind of educational reform would you like to see then
1: well i'd like to see people because um, i'm talking to a teacher at the minute because i'm not a teacher yeah i don't profess to be a teacher i'm talking to a teacher or she's a retired teacher Mm -hmm. and she's talking about systems you know putting different systems in for for kids so where everybody learns a different way don't they so as an example if i wanted to learn if i wanted to learn to do something and i give this example a lot i built a pizza oven in the back garden i've never laid a brick in my life how do i do it youtube (laughs) so i didn't read books I've read YouTube videos and all oh, that's how they do it, all that stuff. So then I went and set about doing it. So if I'm doing any mechanics on a car or a, or a bike, I use YouTube. Yeah. So I absorb my information much easier <laughs> if I see someone physically doing something. Yeah,
0: so, do I, yeah. so
1: I think it's de- identifying the, the, the needs of the, indiv- the individual or collective um, and, and teach. But well, that needs someone with more expertise to do that. But don't just try and teach them all the same way they don't do learn all the same way
0: do they exactly
1: yeah so but there's a lot to go at there's a lot to
0: achieve mm-hmm. it's exciting though
1: yeah really exciting so I'm trying to be quite focused on I'm doing this and then I'm doing that and then because do- otherwise as, a dis- as an entrepreneur and as a dyslexic it's quite easy to go oh that looks great let's do and do that oh that looks great. and you never get anywhere mm-hmm. so I'm trying to be really really focused in just doing
0: x y and Z. In, in order if i can do it that way mm-hmm. so yeah great if you had the opportunity to speak to the 20 year old you what would you say
1: i'd say it's going to be a shit ride but we'll get on with it <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really
1: yeah really yeah stick in there yeah. <laughs> uh, i would yeah i would because someone asked me someone asked me a few weeks ago there's various things that happened, and I said, "Would you change that? Would you go back and change that?" And I go, "No," because if that hadn't happened, or that hadn't happened, or that happened, I wouldn't be me. Yeah, yeah. So I would say, keep on going, kid. It's nice. going to be a tough ride, but
0: strap <laughs> in, buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kind of came up uh, earlier in the conversation um about the whole sliding doors scenario. Yeah, it
1: is. Yeah, there's loads of examples. You know, uh-huh. there's
0: loads of examples. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah. And go go through some if you want. But yeah, there's like there's these sliding door moments where things. Do you want to go through one? Go through it. Yeah. You know, like I've been married twice, and I met my wife Sandra. And I could have gone to Holland 18 months before, and I didn't go. I Was married, still so married, and everything there, and I didn't go. Gutted, I couldn't go. 18 months later, I was not married, or you know, was separated, mm-hmm. and then I went over. Met met Sandra a few months, you know, quite a few months later, and whatever. I was over there, and you know, the rest is history. So there's things that can happen, and the the the, the one where I could have been in spoke about the one where I could have been in London. So I was gutted because I wanted to go to London for the day, wanted to go and, and go see sightseeing because we was at a big a big um, awards dinner at the evening. So I thought I'm going to have a day in London meet all the other managers down there. We'll go to the awards, it going to be a fantastic day. And my boss phoned me said, oh, we need to have a meeting in the morning. I was gutted. <laughs> so I was ruining my plans. My days, I was going to be in London, I was going to have a really good time. Blah, blah, blah. And it was 7-7 when the, when the London bombings went. Wow. So I'm not saying I would have been on that tube, but I worked out what time I was going to go down there. And there was a high probability <laughs> I would have been in and around the tube, Oof, and it's like you, you'd never know what's going to happen to you. You don't know what's going to what's going to happen at all. Yeah, exactly.
0: Scary. Okay, if you could change anything in the world, what would it be, and why?
1: <laughs> mm, I don't know. Yeah, that's. Um, th- I mean, I've often thought about, I'd like to people, one, one thing that I think is really, apart from the dyslexia, one thing that I think is a travesty is there's a child somewhere that can't even get that. Mm. And, and I know there's more stuff and when you fix that problem there's another problem. But for goodness sake, in this century there's kids that are drinking contaminated water. I mean that just doesn't make sense to it and then we're all worried about what well, do you know what i mean some price of something's gone up and well, we might not be able to afford that now and petrol's gone up a bit there's kids scratching around in the dust trying to get a drink and it's just and that for me i think it's i think it's criminal but it's not yeah. for me to change and i'm not I, i've i've got my own mission yes. but i think it's criminal mm-hmm. I really do
0: i think it's sad it is sad it is given the um the resources and the the abundance that we have in the world
1: well there's eight these what was there's been some reports recently there's the wealth the eight wealthiest people in the world mm-hmm. are more wealthy than the rest of the planet or something ridiculous <laughs> or something like, i can't think what the figures are now uh-huh. but they, do you know what I mean yes the more wealthy their wealth is more than the rest of the planet eight people yeah yeah it's- and put some go and put some <laughs> tanks in africa or something you know what i mean i know well then there's corruption in this so, or so you do something and somewhere take it away so i don't know yeah. well that's the one thing that i think doesn't make sense
0: yeah i totally agree totally agree well kirk we're at the end oh, wow well. <laughs> that's uh I've, I've had a fantastic um time speaking with you yeah um i appreciate so much your honesty and your, your candor um and with your blessing i'd like to keep in the emotional parts because i believe that shows the the real authentic article and you know if if that's how you feel that's how you feel and i think it's it's you're you're absolutely entitled to feel the way you feel
1: yeah yeah i do get upset I'm i'm an emotional person
0: that's okay that's okay and that in itself is um is inspiring you know and uh, I wish you all the best on your mission. Thank you. I think um, if there's anything I can do to help, and um, I will do what I can to get this this message uh, out there on I your behalf. Apprecia-
1: I appreciate these people like you that really help, and this is what it's all about. So thank you very much.
0: You're absolutely welcome, thank Kirk. You. Thanks for being on. Thanks. Cheers.